0: Besides classical music, there are other types which are also delightful to listen to while stoned. Folk, acid rock, electronic, and jazz. But there are some kinds of music which you must never, ever listen to. For example, you should never ever listen to Myron Florin music. Or Dick Contino music. Yes, you're all for music. Unless, of course, they're all playing together.
1: You're listening to CITR F102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there from A Child's Garden of Grass, a pre legalization comedy. You heard how to listen to music, listening to music, as sampled by Matlib. Also, as given to, Seth Rogen. And today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. Who are you? I'm Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
2: Thank you so much. Good to be here. 55th in Maine. That's where I grew up. 55th in Maine, uh, 32 block, 33 blocks from here, yeah.
1: We are at Neptune Records.
2: We are 22nd in Maine, yeah.
1: And I have a gift for you to welcome you back to Vancouver, an ODB
2: picture disc record. That's amazing. Wow. This is absolutely incredible. Does this turn and play? It actually goes on a turntable. And how do you do it? You put it right there. Yeah, it just spins, and that's all it does? Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's well, it weird.
2: plays a song. Does it play a song? It does. With the needle in. I see, there's grooves. Wow. And
1: that is for you, Seth, because you. you love the Wu-Tang,
2: don't I you? I do, and I literally, rem- I used to buy CDs at A&B Sound on Southwest Marine Drive, and I I'll never forget the first time I laid eyes on the old dirty bastard uh, album cover because I thought it was incredible, and I was a huge Wu Tang fan. I was like, "Old DB had his uh, own solo album, <laughs> that's amazing."
1: And you were actually tear gassed at a Wu gig.
2: I was. I was. Um, I was tear gassed at a Rage Against the Machine and Wu Tang show. That was in Long Beach, I want to say. Uh, yeah, maybe 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah, a riot broke out. They start burning things, and they tear-gassed the crowd, be included. Yeah.
1: Seth, I was also curious. Was your mom, was your mom a cashier at Woodward's? Totally what was.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, there was a Woodward's in Richmond where... Uh, in the mall, in the mall that's now uh, Richmond Center, I want to say maybe. And uh, yeah, she was a cashier at the Woodward's when I was a kid, and I would go hang out. Did they have a record label? They had. They sold records. They sold records, and they made their own sleeves. But your mom was a cashier. My mom was a cashier there when I was a kid. I would go visit her. It was. Uh, it was fun. I remember very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. How do you know that? Did I say that one time? <laughs> you are Seth Rogen. We have to know.
1: We have to know, and I was curious, yeah, your true. relative, your yeah. relative, Passenger 57?
2: Yeah, one of my relatives produced the movie Passenger 57, distant relative. He would be in our Passover seders, and he was maybe one of the first like links to Hollywood that I technically had. I couldn't tell you his name, to be 100% honest. That is pretty cool. But yeah, but what I do know is that one of my relatives, yes, did produce Passenger 57. Did you also work at Safeway? I didn't work at Safeway. I lived across. Uh, I went to elementary school across the street from Safeway. I got cop shoplifting from a Safeway one time, though, uh, by their undercover uh, guy. What were you taking? A Kinder Surprise.
1: Only available in Canada, right?
2: In, in Germany, I think maybe, but yeah, it's a Canadian candy,
1: Kinder Surprise. Yeah. You also have Z ninety five point three stickers in your room. I
2: do. I wow, that's so weird. So my grandfather was a plumber and he gave me a toilet for my room as a chair i had it as a chair and i like covered it completely in z95 cuz they they were they would give out like stacks and stacks and stacks of them and so i took like hundreds of them and plastered a toilet yeah, and Zed, Zed, whoop, my phone's on, sorry, Z 95.3 uh, stickers, yeah. Seth Rogen, yeah. for your early years, yes. you did 10 years of karate? I did do 10 years of karate at the Jewish Community Center. With Sean? Sean Ho, holy, he worked at Safeway. That's who worked at Safeway. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. Uh... Yeah, Sean Ho was my karate teacher for years and years and years and years and years. I haven't seen him in a long time. And
1: Malcolm kicked you in the eye?
2: Whoa, that's so crazy. Yes, Malcolm did kick me in the eye. And I lost vision in my eye for like 24 hours. And I think my parents took me to uh, our friends who were like an ophthalmologist. (laughs) It's so weird. And to make sure I didn't like permanently lose vision in my eyeball. But yeah, Malcolm, by the way, was like a full-grown man. And I was like 14 or 15 years old, and he was like in his 30s, yeah. And that is pretty scary, isn't it? It was very scary, yeah. It was horrifying, but uh, I was pretty sure I was okay. My mom, you know, when you have Jewish parents, they tend to overreact at times.
1: In Seattle, age
2: four, did it all begin there? In Seattle? T.J. Roberts. T.J. Roberts. She was our friend. Whoa. Did she, we went to Seattle with her? And And you told a joke. I told a joke at the border? at age 4
1: could have you told a joke at age 4 what would you tell at age 4
2: is it, it was is it involving a banana i'm not sure maybe there's a a story that my parents regale me with to this day that we were driving to seattle uh, and across the canadian border and i don't i don't i take their word for this and our friends were there with us and they ask you at the border, do you have any fruits or weapons? And apparently I said, we have a banana and we're not afraid to use it. Uh, which uh, apparently elicited a huge laugh coming from a four-year-old child. But uh, maybe that was the first joke I ever told is, we have a banana and we're not afraid to use it. Baboom! <laughs> boom. <Ba-ba-boom. laughs> Thank you, Fogel's mom! Fogel's mom! She was, uh, she was a pickins for she. We we would hang out at her house all the time. She introduced you, Fogel's mom, to Evan. To Evan, she did introduce me to Evan. So Fogel and my mom were friends since elementary school, and Evan and Fogel were friends. And yeah, I think Fogel's mom introduced us. Uh, we would like we would cross, he would go to hebrew day school where i went to hebrew elementary school the most jewish love story of all time <laughs> and we would cross paths and yeah and fogel's mom was like the common link between me and evan basically yeah
1: evan goldberg his brother was a
2: speed reader dave goldberg is a speed reader can read outrageously fast still to this day boom 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 and evan can do it like pretty well but dave legit can speed read it's incredible because you'd meet him and no offense to Dave Goldberg, he's not the kind of guy you would assume would be a speed reader. <laughs> he's not the kind of guy you would assume would be a speed anything. You used Evan's cousin's fake ID? I did. Robert Shaw, 16 Prescott Crescent. I still remember his address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that work? Uh, he kind of vaguely looked like me, and he was he's a few years older than I am. Uh, he was over 19 when I was not 19. <laughs> but yeah, Bobby Shaw uh yeah i still and have that i uh, that that uh address i'll never forget that address the ytv achievement awards wow youth achievement awards yeah up against a track track who won yeah, if i'm not you lost if to a track who had just won like the world dmc competition like three years in a row if uh, i think like and he had, like, hits. Like, he had, like, hit records. (laughs) Like, and I was, like, a 14-year-old or something doing stand-up comedy in a bar. And I remember, like... It was actually, I, I did not, I was not upset. I was a huge fan of his. Drinking in L.A., right? He had, a, that was like his beat, right? I think that was, oh, that was
1: Brand Van 3000.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think he did the the beat for that song or DJed on it or something. And it was a huge song, a song I loved. And I remember being like, yeah, if I'm going to lose anyone, it I to be someone I'm like actually a genuine fan of. Have you seen him since? No, I don't, actually don't know if I ever even met him then. Would I, you like to say something to a yeah. Track? I, Track, you you're. You beat me, and you probably deserve it because you are uh, one of the best in the world at what you do, and I'm I'm like the 40th best in the world at what I do.
1: <laughs> Quote, I am Seth Rogen, and I am a former...
2: <laughs> a lot of things. Play? Playgirl centerfold model. That was one of my... Wow, that was one of my opening uh, stand-up comedy lines. I'm Seth Rogen, and then I would say I'm not, but I am Jewish.
1: But what is wild is you were on the cover of Playboy.
2: I was on the cover of Playboy, and it actually all kind of came true in a way. It...
1: What's the penthouse in Vancouver, the first strip club that you went to?
2: Yes, it was. The penthouse. Uh, yeah. They, uh, and Evan threw up all over me. Um the first time we tried to go there but I eventually made it back <laughs> another time. <laughs> yeah. I have a gift for you
1: from a Point Grey alumni. Whoa. The history of the Penthouse nightclub. That's amazing. That's crazy. And if you open it up, you will see pictures of Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra, the whole
2: history of your first strip club. I ever went to that's amazing. Thank you so much. Wow, Sammy Davis, it's been there for that long. It It has. It was a strip
3: club. Yes.
2: Wow, I didn't know that. They also shot a Snoop Dogg video in there, which again was pretty cool to me as a child. <laughs> so you picked a good club. I really did pick a good club. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, that's, you al- all really incredible. You also picked up a porno in Chinatown. <laughs> I did. <laughs> the first wow. The first porno. <laughs> I was I was in a play at the Chinese uh, like community center. I could not tell you why, how this happened. Um, and I was waiting to get picked up by my parents. And I looked down in the gutter. Everyone finds their first porno. I feel like people leave it out there for other people to find, to stumble upon. But I literally looked down on the street. It was a rainy Vancouver day, and there was what could only be described as like a pile of porno, like like as though someone took a magazine and just like slammed it on the ground in a pile. And I just literally like remember looking and just picking up like a wet handful of like porn magazine pages and just like shoving it in my jacket, and then. Like a crime, like like a, like I was recreating like a crime scene in my bedroom. I remember like laying it all out and drying it, kind of curing it almost. Um, and that became the first uh, pornographic material that I ever owned. A gift. A gift from the Chinese gods. Yes.
1: Seth Rogen, I would like to go all the way back to
2: grade. Eight. Oh, my God. It's my Point Grey High School yearbook. <laughs> this is terrible.
1: And if we could open up to the marker, the, the first marker first there.
2: Marker, this is you insane. went
1: to Point Grey. I did go to Point you Grey. You are called
2: Point Grey Productions. We named our production company Point Grey. And
1: where do we see, right hey. there, Seth
2: Rogen. Uh, right there. Oh, man, look at me. I'm a little punk.
1: I love the hair.
2: I've dyed blonde. I've bleached blonde. I have blonde hair. (laughs) I was big into... uh like grunge. I was into grunge. I was they called me a skid. That was like the category at the time. I was a skid. And uh,
1: well, what's yeah. amazing is look at the favorite group from your year.
2: Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan and favorite movie, Pulp Fiction. And if you think about that, we're we're fucking like 13 years old and our favorite movie is Pulp Fiction, which is like pretty advanced for that. And uh, Wu-Tang. And Wu-Tang Clan, what's that you? What's that you? We all liked Wu-Tang Clan. Like the whole my whole class everyone loved Wu-Tang Clan we like I remember yeah like it, it like at different high schools different bands are popular and uh, clearly that's so weird I would have never <laughs> would have never guessed that but clearly at my high school Wu-Tang Clan was the shit
1: and if we turn to this marker here what do we see an afro
2: oh my god that's me <laughs> and that's Kyle whoa He's now uh, the creator of a TV show that I'm producing, and I re- I wrote Sausage Party with that guy. That's insane. You have an afro. I have my hair looks totally crazy. That's insane. I look nuts. I really look nuts. I look back at this, and it's not entirely surprising that I did not uh, have more romantic relationships <laughs> in high school. <laughs> what I find really confusing I look is full on afro. You played rugby too. I did, and I was pretty good at it. There I am, right there. I'm making kind of a coy face. <laughs> this is crazy, man. I haven't held this thing in my hands since 1996. But you wow, failed which gym? Is, which is 21 years ago. You
1: failed gym, yet I
2: you were fail. on your
1: rugby team.
2: I hated my gym teacher. Whoa, Dick Lazell. Wow, hold on. The Badger Boys rugby team started the season uh, with a trip to Seanigan Lake. It's true. Where they overwhelmed the opposing team by more than five tries. We never lost a single game. We were undefeated. I was big. Like, I was always pretty big. And that's why I played rugby. And I did karate. So I, like weirdly wasn't afraid of like pain and uh just physical kind of confrontation and so i liked a sport where i could just like slam my body into people as hard as humanly possible that was my drama teacher everyone had a crush on her
1: and if we turn to the last page here seth rogan going through your grade eight annual <laughs> we Wiener.
2: see wait there are we are most likely to invent something useless <laughs> Mr. Showbiz. I no, I was literally at a wedding with him two days ago. What can you say about Mr. Showbiz? <laughs> He's someone that I've known since I was a kid who went on to kind of become a weird interview person who kind of rips you off, I guess I would say, in a lot of ways. But now he sells beer at, uh, you put him out of business because now he sells beer at Toronto Blue Jays games.
1: Seth Rogan we also have your beer here guys? we also have your grade nine wow. annual this Seth Rogan crazy man. from Point gray and if you could open it up to the marker
2: this is unbelievable what
1: do we see there
2: oh look I kind of I kind of cleaned up a little bit it's a little it's a slightly more uh together Seth Rogan I have kind of a Jerry curl I guess you would say I have a very tight curl going on moose had hit the scene in this year as you can tell with a lot of these kids
1: And at the top we see Adam Locke Norton.
2: Yeah, who is that?
1: Adam Locke Norton? Yeah he writes now for Nathan
2: Fielder. Oh that's so funny. who also went to high school with us who I am friends with to this day. I was on the improv team with Nathan Fielder. I didn't know Adam writes for Nathan that's
1: and he does so also he is a singer and I have a gift for you.
2: He is in this band the blogger That's crazy. Adam Lock Norton. I don't think he went to our high school for very long.
1: Uh, Look, he gets his name at the
2: top, Lock Norton. Yeah, he's on the Lock Norton to Seto page. Jeff Seto, I was going to say. I I knew from just seeing Seto that it was Jeff Seto, 100%. Russ, I'm still friends with. I still know a lot of these people. This is crazy, man.
1: And if we turn the page some more,
2: we see. Yes, there I am. Look at that. I played rugby for several years, up until uh, the other guys just seemed to want it more. We'd another year. It was hard for some to make practices. Wait, I never... It's kind of passive-aggressive, the blurb about our rugby team. Although it was hard for some to make it to practices, great efforts and determination were shown on the field. We'd a pretty good record this year, but hope to improve it next year?
1: That's crazy. And this is Seth Rogen looking at his grade 9 annual, but we have the grade 10 annual as
2: well. (laughs) This is horrifying. Uh,
1: Open up to this marker here. What do we
2: see right there? Oh, man. You in the hat. Me in the hat. There you go. I started wearing glasses. That's so crazy. That's Evan's brother, Dave. (laughs) And Nathan Fielder. And Nathan is there with his sharp buzz cut. Why
1: are you wearing
2: a hat? I was in a play. in a toga. It was a one act like to do it was like a noir. <laughs> it was obviously the combinations of detective Noir and Greek tragedy have always been begged to be combined by high school kids and so we we, we tackled that challenge by making a <laughs> rinse the blood off my toga. It <laughs> was the name of the one act play. Yeah with Livia, Nathan Fielder me, Dave Goldberg, see
1: and Jesse.
2: Jesse Cruikshank, who also was on our improv team, who went on to actually uh, get success um, hosting things as well. Uh, she also hosted an L.A. New Year's Eve fail. The greatest thing of all time, where uh, her and Jamie Kennedy hosted like a New Year's Eve show where Bone thugs and harmony performed and swore a lot and essentially got bleeped out. And then a fight broke out at the end of it in the crowd. And Jamie Kennedy's last words go, there's a fight. It's ending with a fight. (laughs) It was amazing. All these people in your high school. I know. It's really weird. I'm sure Malcolm Gladwell would have a theory about that, but I don't know what it would be.
1: And if we turn it over here, we see Seth.
2: Rogan. Look at me. I'm always between Helen and Simon my entire high high school career.
1: (laughs) And if we turn over two pages, we see Evan as well.
2: Yeah. He looks so different and weird. His head looks so long. And Steven Glansberg, still good friends with that guy.
1: And again, going through the annual with Seth Rogen, we turn to the last page right here, and
2: we see right here... Improv Team! There we are. Me. Nathan wasn't on it this year, I guess. Maybe he was on it next year. Adrian McMorrin, who went on, who's a musician. Ryan Smith, who works. Naley Dolgan. Wow, that's so crazy. And they spelled your name wrong. They did? Seth Rogen. <laughs> And also, there's a tiny little right up here. The annual staff would like apologize for the excessive amount of cheesiness demonstrated in this write up. Due do the unfortunate truth that this club horrendously failed to submit a write up, we were forced to create it ourselves. <laughs> Once again, we apologize for any suffering. <laughs> That's so amazing, and they spelled my name wrong as a oh, Seth Rogen Ryan Smith for the Gung Ho spirit that skyrocketed the team to fame. We did win the BC Improv Championships. Though.
1: Congratulations! That is amazing.
2: <laughs> it is pretty good. I appreciate it. <laughs> and right across here, Seth Rogen, the Jew Crew. The Jew Crew, not an official that was an official club at our school <laughs> matt switzer dave goldberg joy simpson and dean alterman they were four they're sort of four cocky jewish guys i don't think they would allow that today in a public high school do you that jew, <laughs> jew crew the jew crew is so cool words can't even describe our coolness it's so cool we don't even have to do a write-up this is why people don't like juice. <laughs> Vancouver,
1: B.C. Vancouver, B.C., Point Grey.
2: Point Grey High School. Absolutely incredible. And
1: I was curious, so, lastly here, this picture, you and Jesse, Yeah. the
2: improv team, right? Yeah, that's and Nathan and me looming in the background. Yeah, why are you looming? I don't know. I look horrified. I look like I'm going to murder the entire improv team. <laughs> but, yeah, we would wear, you had to wear, like, some sort of like uniform. And so we went with suits and ties shirts shirts and ties. It was our classy improv team uniform. I think he's a lawyer now. Yeah. That's so weird, isn't
1: it? Seth. Yes. Wiz Snoop. Yes. Cheech and Chong. And I have a gift for you some Vancouver weed history at Cheech and Chong Record. Yes. With rolling paper still in it. Oh wow, that's incredible, man. Because Tommy
2: Chong is from Vancouver. He sure is from Vancouver. Some rolling paper. That's amazing. Did it come like this? It did. Really? It actually came with this. Giant, giant, giant rolling Very paper. Very rare. That is incredibly rare. Some Vancouver weed history. That is amazing because I, my, my mother actually had record i think but not with but she must have smoked the rolling paper probably while i was inside her
1: and some more vancouver weed history jesus marijuana from 69 recorded by overall drop in vancouver really Whoa. Jesus marijuana from Vancouver.
2: Jesus marijuana. Is this like one of the more early, overtly uh, marijuana-themed things that was out there? Do you? From find? Vancouver. From Vancouver. That's incredible. Where was this recorded? I- I'm not sure exactly, except in Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> Some Vancouver weed history. We've always liked weed here. I think it's all the draft dodgers that came here. <laughs> did you go to a weed buffet in Vancouver and then a laser show? I did. On actually, really close to here. Maybe Maybe Fourteenth and Fraser. I want to say there was a house. We're in a basement that did not look. This might did not look entirely dissimilar from this. You would pay money, and on a table like that, they would set up a weed buffet, and it was a weird collection of people. It was like I think it cost ten bucks to get in, and you could hang out as long as you wanted. And we we went there a few times. It was called Strangers in the Night. I want to say, and. Uh, Jaw, with a strained jaw, get it? And then, yeah, and then we went to the planetarium at Vanier Park and saw Pink Floyd Laser Show, which they used to do there, uh, I think, every weekend. And then I remember, like, people would, we'd see people there who'd be like, wow, like, we've been doing this for 30 years, and the kids are still getting baked and doing this. Thank God.
1: (laughs) And I have a gift in honor of that for you
2: A child's garden of grass all about weed. That's amazing. A pre legalization comedy. Wow, that's shitty weed. What is this? A child's garden of grass. The history. You love weed, don't you? I do like weed. Acquiring marijuana, general effects, creativity. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) That is your next movie right there. My next movie. It's from 1970 few weeks before harvesting time the weird becomes filled with the excitement of the villagers (laughs) i can't wait to listen to this this is incredible you also like mushrooms don't you wisdom teeth oh wow wisdom teeth dude that's crazy yeah i did mushrooms the night i got my wisdom teeth out um, which they do not recommend and I couldn't chew them, so I had to grind. I put them in, a, like, a like a coffee grinder, I think, and I ground them up into, like, a powder and had to pour them uh, down my throat, uh, which is a great length to go through to do uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms, but I was trying to expand my horizons. <laughs> Snoop called you a thug. He did, I think, at some point, yeah. He, he, he... <laughs> Snoop's, me and Snoop get along very well. Have I... you been to his house? I've never been to his actual home. I've been to, like, his offices and things like that. I've hung out with him since. His office? Yeah, he has, He owns this crazy complex, like, in, uh, like, in kind of near Inglewood, I guess, um, like, in South L.A., like, a giant complex where they record his show and stuff like that, and it's like Snoop Land. It's, it's totally crazy. God bless him. Did Snoop tell you about me? Um I think Snoop and I talked to you about you cuz I talk cause I love your interviews and I watch them and there's a few people it's funny cuz I grew up watching you so I obviously like understand what you're doing <laughs> and it's funny to see people that I have become fans of separately that interact with you and they the, the 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 conflict sometimes is more apparent with others but whenever I see someone that I like who I can also tell appreciates you I I talk to them about it because uh Questlove is someone else who like clearly you know you guys you know operate on a similar level. And so as far as just knowledge of music goes. And so uh yeah, we've I've 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 brought you up with you're you're a good icebreaker for me. <laughs> what do you think about Gangstar? I love Gangstar. We used to listen to Gangstar all the time, especially at summer camp. One, two, three. Most deaf, <laughs> uh, yeah, we would uh we were absolutely obsessed with Gangstar and would listen to them constantly. How do you know this? How you were do- Seth Rogan I should know the answer to that question. <laughs> That's so crazy.
1: I was curious, Seth, what do you remember about 90s Vancouver hip-hop? Like, for instance, the Ragamuffin Rascals Dude. as profiled in Elements magazine.
2: I for sure remember the Rascals. I listened to them a lot. They went to, I want to say Tupper High School, and they were like the first like local uh, Vancouver like rap group I think probably that like made it to any I don't know if they made it to any level of success in any way shape or form uh, did they like yeah do people, totally do people like know the rascals people jacked them are they still around uh, they're not around but the ragamuffin rascals and also the swollen members yeah, do you remember Swollen <laughs> members I for sure remember the swollen members gross name but good <laughs> good group there was a couple others well there was that song um northern touch which you know if you're a canadian uh rap fan is like the be all it's like it's our stairway to heaven basically <laughs> it's kind of like the be all end all of canadian rap music i think dmx stole the beat from that song just straight up for one of his songs because there is a dmx song with the exact same beat and To Americans, I've played them the song. They're like, that's the DMX beat. I'm like, no, it's not a DMX beat. That's a fucking Northern Touch beat. But uh, yeah, and that was Rascals, Checkmate, Cardinal, and Thrust, and Choclair. Coming down or down with, with their ch- <laughs> coming down they they make it easy to remember who's on the song because it's the chorus of the song
1: <laughs> that is elements magazine but I have another gift for you another elements from Vancouver from catr with tribe on
2: wow, the cover that's crazy was it here with that's so he did an interview with tribe what can you say about tribe they're tribe was, elements they're, they're one of my favorite rap groups of all time uh tribe I grew up listening to them I was absolutely obsessed with them, I still am. Wow, where they they came here to Vancouver? They might have done a phoner
1: for them. Oh, really? What yeah. do you remember about hip hop in that era, the mid '90s, when you were growing up?
2: Well, they, it was hard for rappers to get into Canada, and so they would cancel a lot of shows because if you have. Is gonna come out wrong (laughs) if you have some sort of criminal record often they give you a hard time getting over the border and um you know for one reason or another the groups themselves or their (laughs) their 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 crew uh often was not allowed in and i remember often buying uh i think wu-tang was denied i think a few there was like a series of shows that were canceled because the rappers wouldn't be let in basically um but I uh, I would go to. They would have. They would. What, what were like? There was like uh, that. The Warp Tour I think would have rappers at it sometimes. I would go to that at Plaza. Of, was it at the Plaza of Nations outside where that casino is? And the Peony Forum too. Peony Forum, yeah, that's where you'd go see rap groups also, rap shows also. That's so funny. What
1: about Videomatica? Jamie Hutchinson.
2: Jamie Hutchinson, a stand-up comic. Wow, yeah. <laughs> he was one of the first guys that I did stand-up comedy with, right? From uh Newfoundland or Nova Scotia or something like that. Wow, that's so weird, man. Seth, going all the way back to Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Did Jason get people into Rush? <laughs> he kind of did actually, and I went to a Rush concert with Jason. Uh well, That's amazing. And uh, and I met at the House of Blues in LA, and we met the we met the band, uh it was pretty. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, because he had to learn, like the drum. He tried to try to learn Neil Peart's uh, like drum work, which is hard to do because he has like a comically large uh, drum kit.
1: What about Ski Patrol? The movie Ski Patrol and Paul
2: <laughs> Paul Feig. So yeah, so Paul Feig, the guy who created Freaks and Geeks, and went on to become a very successful comedy director. Uh, Was in the movie Ski Patrol. Uh, was that shot here in Canada? No, but when he uh, when I auditioned for Freaks and Geeks for the first time, I like was so tripped out because it was the guy from Ski Patrol, the Stanley. I want to say his name, Stanley, in the movie, and I was just like, uh, it was incredibly distracting. And I was actually shocked that I got cast because the whole time I was just like, in my head, still to this day, I was just like. Control. Like I remember that visceral uh feeling of seeing him. It was so strange. Seth Rogen, yeah. what is going on in this photo right here? What is going on? Uh, me and James Franco are probably singing Sunshine of Your Love. I want to say this is in the late in ninety-nine maybe or ninety-eight. Uh yeah, we in Freaks and Geeks we we make a band and and the the song they cleared was Sunshine of Your Love, and so we played it over and over and over and over and over again. I'm so drunk, Busy Phillips. Busy C- Phillips, man. Cindy Sanders. Cindy Sanders. Yeah, it was a great show. It holds up. Kids today watch it. Ty the creator. Huge freaks and geeks fan. Like which is crazy cuz he's like 15 years like I don't like he must have been like, three years old when that show came out. It's crazy.
1: My friend, Jason Margolis, tried on your varsity jacket from Freaks and Geeks. Really?
2: Why? <laughs>
1: he did. He just
2: did? <laughs> At director Gabe's house. Oh, that, oh Gabe. Yeah, Gabe Sachs. Because he, he, he has everything. He took everything. And he has, like, uh he he takes pictures, and he has pictures of, like, everything. He sent me pictures recently that I was like, whoa, like, you could literally like destroy people's lives with the photos that you have his if he ever hits financial ruins a lot of people are going down because he could blackmail a lot of people
1: winding up here with seth rogan the green hornet yes quote a little outdated
2: yes it was a little outdated What's weird about the original Green Hornet? Yeah, the original and maybe our movie.
1: The, and I have a <laughs> baboom. and I have a gift for you, a Green Hornet wow. original record.
2: That's amazing. Is it like the uh the 1930s? Yeah, the we listened to a lot of these. This this mask was so crazy and not subtle. Uh yeah, this there's actually some ideas in the because when you write a movie based on a property you get to steal anything you want from the property and the there's actually Mike Axford, Jesus so uh at the end of the movie there's a part where uh, I've, the green hornet has been shot and they need to figure out how to make it how to cover up for the fact that the guy that is alter ego needs to go to the hospital basically and so they have it seem like Cato has tried to assassinate the green hornet and that's from One of these records, and we stole it and put it in the movie. Maybe people would always say, that's the best part of the movie. That's such a smart idea. I would always be like, yeah, that was written in 1933 Uh, probably. Do you have (laughs) this record? (laughs) I don't have this actual record. No, not at all. I have them on, uh, like, uh, DVD or uh, CD. I have CDs of them, but this is amazing. This is crazy.
1: That is for you to play with the Wu-Tang picture (laughs) desk. (laughs) It works the same way with Seth rogan with seth rogan now seth
2: rogan you went to the white house did you see nixon's holes i did see nixon's holes underneath Paws, Pause. yes i saw all of his holes underneath uh the desks in the white house several of them there are still holes that were cut to remove richard nixon's recording equipment and they have neither covered them nor replaced the desks. And, yeah, there's, like, several of them that are just open open wounds of the past, as they say. <laughs>
1: Seth Rogen, quote, she has no more talent than a butterfly fart. Who's that? Walter Matthau on Barbara Streisand.
2: Really? Did he say that about her? That's amazing. I didn't know that. I would disagree with that. I think... A, we don't know how much talent a butterfly fart has. B, she is very talented. They must have hated each other. That's a, those are strong words. That's like a very creatively pieced together insult. Seth, what songs have you bought for movies? Personally,
1: uh, like f- when you Yellow- directed, when you directed, you said a lot of times it costs a lot for rights. Yes. What songs
2: have you bought? Um, for we we bought Yellow Ledbetter, uh, for 50 because. We couldn't afford it. Um, it's happened a couple other times. I think in this is the end. We might have bought like how
1: much for a Biggie song?
2: <laughs> Biggie song? I think it's super bad. There's a Biggie song. Uh, they're expensive. We we split them up amongst ourselves, but a song can go like one hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that uh, to like to have it to like own it for your movie. I think the Pearl Jam song, yeah, was like sixty thousand dollars basically. You paid your sister's student loans. I did pay my sister's student loans. Yeah. I don't think she was. That is though. nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a very high paying job and I don't spend a ton of money on I, I don't, I don't have a ton of hobbies. So <laughs> I'm more than happy to, to help out. <laughs>
1: Seth Rogen, The Interview, yes. EW.com. Yes. The Interview Budget List
3: yeah.
2: A Table of Weed, Coke, Pills, and Panties? Those were props in a scene. I do remember they tried to make, like, a big deal of that, but, like, they were props. Like, yeah, that was. there's a scene where we're doing drugs and we're partying at, like, a big excessive party, and so... Those were the types of things that were required to fit they weren't real <laughs> that'd be amazing if you could actually just log lie like maybe in the 70s you could have you seen that before um i i was told i worked with people who like i remember matt Dillon told me that when he was young there was cocaine at the craft service table like it was craft services job to provide cocaine to the movie crew and that was just like as they should yes exactly and that was just like accepted and like he was like you could get mad at them if there was not enough cocaine left <laughs> like that like as though there wasn't enough water or bread or something yeah
1: seth rogan you
2: love coop and Pennybone. raymond Pettibone Raymond, yeah, Raymond, I do, I do love Raymond. Yes, uh, we love, yeah, I love. You all- love artwork. I do love, I do love art. I have, yeah, Coop, I like Raymond Pettibone, I like uh, a lot of guys. Fail Cause um, Street art was pretty big in Vancouver when we were growing up, uh, and yeah, downtown had a lot of graffiti. Graffiti artists would come here. I think there was a lot of skate parks, which kind of like encouraged it as well. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up, uh, and there's a lot of, like, uh, Japanese culture. So, uh, like, I grew up collecting, like, uh, like vinyl Japanese toys and stuff like that. But,
1: yeah. Well, to welcome you back to the Northwest, I thought, Seth, I would give you this poster right here. And, and this poster, it is from the Evergreen Ballroom in Olympia, Washington. Really? The Northwest. That's it amazing. is a James Brown Whoa.
2: poster. That's amazing. That's From great. the evergreen ballroom. Olympia, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Love James Brown. Pig's feet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his hit song, that Kendrick's. <laughs> That's amazing. But
1: that is for you to welcome you back Thank to Vancouver, so the Northwest. You know, amazing. the Northwest,
2: because it isn't just Vancouver, is it? No, it's the whole Pacific Northwest. You, we're, all, we're all the same. It began in Seattle. It, it all started in Seattle. That's where I told my joke. Going to Olympia, Washington, probably, to buy Mr. Pib with my family. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and so that is
1: for you. Thank you so much. And lastly, Seth Rogen, thanks for speaking to me, Nardwar a human serviette what can you say about the Tremclad commercial
2: it's a com- <laughs> it's a it's a paint commercial from the 80s i guess that had um a jingle that was like far too soulful for <laughs> it had no right to be that good or soulful um and i was obsessed with it growing up and What's funny is it was never on YouTube. There was a French version on YouTube, always. Because I would check, like, periodically. You would check. I would literally check to see if the Tremclad commercial, as I remembered it, was on YouTube. And the best I could find was the French version. Very (laughs) Canadian. Exactly. And then... Like, like it's like this is how like three weeks ago I checked, and finally the original English language uh, Tremclad commercial was on YouTube, and it's an, and the song was it was like scratching an it itch because the song is is that good.
1: And thing you'd like to add to the people out there, Seth Rogen.
2: Uh, no, I don't know. Thanks for having me. Be cool to each other.
1: <laughs> Why should people care about Seth Rogen? Why should people care?
2: I don't know if they should, necessarily. They probably got their own shit going on. I'm not going to tell them what, where to prioritize me in their probably very complicated lives. <laughs>
3: well, thank
1: you very much, Seth Rogen. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do-do-loo-doo.
2: do. do Do-do. do
1: you're still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show. And you just heard right there from 1971, Jesus Marijuana by Orville Dorp. Orville Dorp. I say Orville Drop, but it actually is Orville Dorp. Orville Dorp from 1971. 1971 with Jesus Marijuana from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And before that, an interview with from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, around 55th and Main, Seth Rogan. To end the to Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would play some more selections from a child's Garden of Grass, a pre-legalization comedy from nineteen seventy.
0: Amen. Try some of this. It's absolutely dynamite. Oh yeah.
4: a child's garden of grass.
0: Many people have smoked marijuana. Many have seen marijuana, but very few people have ever heard marijuana. The history of marijuana.
4: (sighs) Marijuana was first discovered in Twin Falls, Idaho, in 1907, by a small Polish immigrant by the name of Wayne Krolka. The discovery occurred in early May, while Wayne was working late in his study one evening trying to find a shorter route to India.
5: That's one small toad for man. And a giant toad for man.
4: Acquiring marijuana. There are four basic methods of acquiring marijuana buying it, growing it, receiving it as a gift, and stealing it. Buying marijuana? <clears throat> yeah? I'd like a big
0: bottle of root beer, please. Okay. And a uh, copy of Playboy. All right.
6: And some uh, pistachios. Yeah. Could I have a cleaner copy of Playboy, please? Uh oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, it's kids. And a pack of marijuana please. Uh, Mexican, uh, Vietnamese or domestic? Um uh, Mexican. Flip top, flat box off pack of bulk. Take bulk. Alright, that comes to uh that'll be uh two fifteen. Two
0: fifteen. Contrary, how doth your garden grow? Really great where there's no heat.
6: And usually best when I put the seeds about a half inch underground, water lightly once a week, and hope for the best.
3: Receiving
4: marijuana as a gift. Getting grass as a gift is probably the nicest way of all of acquiring it. Here are a number of methods guaranteed to get you free grass.
6: Very, very nice to everyone you meet.
4: Or... Look for
0: people who are smoking grass. Go over and stand next to them as quietly as possible and look wistful. If they give you any, be sure to say thank you. Or...
4: Become a narcotics officer. Or... Be a very beautiful
6: girl with large breasts.
4: And if none of these methods work... Then, whenever you're taking a walk, look on the ground for rolled-up baggies with a rubber band around
2: them. Stealing marijuana. Now, here's the main method for acquiring yourself some free grass. You just creep up on someone and go,
6: Hey, "Hey, look up there. And you cop that grass
2: and
3: split.
0: The effects of marijuana.
4: The first time a person tries to get stoned he may not feel any effect whatsoever. Many people, even Methodists, find that after smoking for hours, particularly with good grass, they'll still feel no effect the first two or three times. For them, we recommend needlepoint, weightlifting, or any of the other traditional methods of reaching nirvana.
2: I can lift. 347
5: pounds over my head, but still, nobody
4: likes me! We believe that except for a few weirdos here and there, everybody can feel the effects of grass.
0: Fortunately, all the barriers which keep a person from getting high
4: are easily overcome once you know them. The first barrier to overcome is the belief that smoking grass gives one a kick.
0: It does not. You do not get a kick. Rush from grass.
4: The second barrier is that there's no way to know how you're supposed to feel, so you don't know what to look for. And the third barrier is a roadblock. Your papers, please. Uh, I only have a pipe, man. Then you'd better come with me. Creativity. It's a known fact that grass increases creativity from eight to eleven times. In fact, everyone finds that they're more creative stoned than straight. All of us are latent Michelangelos or Carusos or Da Vinci's
0: and think we can paint or sing or write if only we tried hard enough.
6: No, take another one.
0: Oh, for him. Yeah. Teach. Okay, That's
4: right near the end. Yeah. Okay. It's, we'll uh, get yeah. you some more steam. Oh. So. Das Stefan just Oh my baby, she's a dirty dog and she know it. physical effects of marijuana. The first sensations
0: may be felt instantly after having smoked some grass, or an hour after having eaten it. Usually, you creep slowly into a stoned condition, inch by inch, sliding upward, but if you've eaten it, the effects may come upon you suddenly and strike you full force in the middle of a word. So, while I was shopping at the supermarket, see, I saw this beautiful chick, really dynamite. So, I was just about to use the old... Drop the jar of mustard on her foot ploy, you know, to meet her.
6: And, uh... And she, um... Uh, when, uh... When, uh... uh when I, Uh... Uh, 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 when, when, I, uh, uh, uh,
0: uh when... Uh... uh, when, uh, uh What were we talking about? (laughs) And if the people you're talking to are stoned, they won't remember
4: either. Uh, What were you just saying? uh, uh, I beg your pardon? The first sensation you'll feel will be physical. A new uh, tingling of some sort. A a band of light pressure uh, around your temples or in your shoulders or back. you may become aware of your knees too. or your instep. Or your head seems and heavy and, and filled with head, chopped man, brown paper. It seems or with, like, it might feel empty like and floating farther no, about your kind of, shoulders like than it's supposed
0: to be.
4: You and might and also become aware of your anus or to. genitalia. There's some other things, too.
0: You'll also discover that
4: grass is an
0: analgesic and, like ordinary pain relievers, can cure headache, neuritis, and
4: neuralgia. So remember... M-A-R-I-J-U A-J-U-A-N-A Marijuana Marijuana
6: (laughs) Marijuana
0: Psychological effects.
4: Sometimes the early psychological changes coincide with the early physical changes experienced while stoned. But the famous mind expansion comes after the famous physical sensations. Grass heightens and distorts. For example, profound revelations. You may think you have profound revelations, only to discover later that they are none too profound. For example... Profound
0: revelation number one... Survival of the species is everybody's business. Profound revelation number two... No
5: matter how much you may dislike pickles, it is,
4: after all, the only thing you can do with cucumbers. What may cause this magnification of the importance of certain things is that your mind seems to be... Racing along, and sometimes you find a number of models simultaneously. simultaneously. There is also the fact that you tend to forget everything almost as soon as it happens, and certain thoughts seem to take on secondary and even tertiary. Hey, man, what are you talking about? I think I forgot.
0: Let's listen in on a quiet scene in The Little House Down the Street. Andy and Virginia are very stoned and are spending the evening listening to their collection of old records and giggling a lot. Let's listen. <laughs> I'm
4: all discombobulated. <laughs> are you hungry? Hungry? No, no. Oh, wait a minute now. Did you mean am I hungry for food or am I hungry in the abstract? Like hungry for knowledge or
6: adventure? <laughs> 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 it's my own <old> humor. <sighs> oh. 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 What, what were we talking about?
4: Uh, you asked if I was hungry.
6: Oh. did I?
4: Well, yes.
6: Well, are
4: you. Ya- Am I what? <laughs> Am I short? I don't even know my own name. <laughs> yeah. Time and space.
0: Your awareness of time and space also becomes confused. Things seem to take an unearthly... long... time, although... Much less often things which should have taken a long time seem to have zipped by in an instant.
4: Zipping takes an instant. Unzipping seems to take forever. Come on, honey.
6: Come on. Oh! Shut up!
0: Space alteration is totally unpredictable. Sometimes the room looks longer, and sometimes the room looks shorter. Sometimes the ceiling seems to be three, three floors, floors above, above you, you, or only an inch from your head.
4: Oh, geez, son of a bitch. Maybe there will be no space alteration in your room whatsoever, but get up and walk down a flight of stairs, and that flight of stairs becomes infinite.
0: Time disorientation can sometimes cause you needless concern. Who hasn't experienced having his girlfriend say that she's going to the kitchen for some coke?
6: I'm going to the kitchen. Okay. With some coke.
0: And then not see her again for two days. I wonder whatever happened to, uh, what's her name? After thinking she's accidentally locked herself in the refrigerator or been spirited away by Chinese people, you run into the kitchen and yell, What's the matter? <laughs> only to realize she's been gone less than a minute.
4: Getting hung up. Small tasks and insignificant things can take on a tremendous importance and interest. Often you find yourself doing some little thing over and over, like picking lint off your dog or staring at a tiny, tiny spot on the wall. Or playing with something like this little on button here that doesn't seem to have very much of a purpose, really, except that it makes a funny noise whenever I push it, you know?
0: Time disorientation and hung-up atness act together quite often, and you find yourself doing something you name for a long time and thoroughly enjoying it, even though every now and then you think you've been doing it forever.
4: When you're doing something really dumb, like watching Queen for a Day or the Flying Nun on TV, another symptom is revealed. After staring like idiots at the show for 18 minutes, someone will ask,
3: <laughs> What have we watched this for? Oh, 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 oh. oh
4: Come on, come on, come on. on. Come God, that guy's doing a for late. Husky and Rom Wood, 1957. It's rotten, man. It's just terrible. Rom Wood was the monster, you right? You put them all you down, all down that. was, was the actor. That's no. ridiculous. Well, change it, change it.
3: Um, hmm. What Um. Wait, didn't you just... Hmm? I thought you flicked...
6: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know what this
5: is?
0: Oh. <laughs> what is that, a guy? <laughs> no,
5: what is it? Bridge Hoser's it? Holiday, it's 1933.
3: Whose? Bridge Hoser's Holiday. A Sterling Lloyd film, one of the old, the first Lloyds. Oh, it's great. Why don't you flick really the,
6: uh, the green on <laughs> <laughs> so he's... Oh, well, purple. <laughs> Oh, come on! Oh. You really like you... look,
4: look, look, I'll You'll all turn you and time. nod at whoever asks the question, then resume your show watching altogether together until the show is concluded. Why? Because a basic truth about being stoned is that everything, even television, is good. You must learn to be careful of this.
0: Funniness.
4: This is one of the most pleasant and exciting psychological changes which occurs. Dig, there's this little spot in your mind which tells you when something is funny, you know? And grass expands that little spot until that little spot takes over. And everything is funny. I mean, everything, you know? Your friend's teeth are a riot. A simple hello brings on storms of laughter. (laughs) And something which is genuinely funny, like a good joke or a Marx Brothers movie, can turn you into a compulsive maniac, writhing in agony and pleading for help. Help. I know this is true because I just got back from a small town. In fact, the town was so small that when I plugged in my electric shaver, the trolley stopped. My room was so small that the mice were stoop-shouldered. that's why I say... Let me entertain you, because
0: that's all I want to do.
1: You are still listening, hopefully, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there, a child's garden of grass, a pre-legalization comedy, side one. And before that, an interview with Seth Rogen. We also had Jesus Marijuana by Orville Dorp, Orville Dorp, not drop, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And speaking of Canada, we are going to play now something from Thor. Thor, Canada's heavy metal legend. We are going to hear the track T-H-O-R, Thor, with special guest Joey Shedhead of DOA. Thor, from his new um, from 2015, Thor, we're gonna follow it up by a track by the Famines. And this was sent to me by Raymond Bessinger. Hey, Nard, we the Famines now have a labelish thing and release things on paper. Find enclosed our two most recent trans Canadian paper compilations. Download codes. on the reverse. Want more in content or info? Google search Pentagon Black Chart Attack. Pentagon Black Chart Attack. The magazine Chart Attack and a record label Pentagon Black. So we're gonna hear by the famines the Second World War and again this comes Presented to the DJs on an amazing silkscreened poster. A poster record with a download code. And it is a compilation record as well. So we're going to hear Thor with Thor with Joey Shithead of DOA Guesting. And Famines from this amazing compilation. If you want more info, check out Pentagon Black Chart Attack. Google it. Google it. So here we go with Thor and Thor with Joey Shithead on Gas Vocals from the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show today.